So usually um, in June, in most parishes, in, in most uh, places of prayer, you get an awful lot of requests from usually mothers uh, for their sons and daughters doing exams. So the leaving starts coming up and the, 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 the children have their eye on a college place so they have to have a certain number of points to get in. The leaving cert has to go well. And so there are all these prayers. You, often, even, you do notice that more parents or more moms usually attending mass actually during the leaving cert as well uh, in, in June. Uh, praying that... Uh, it's, it's always very interesting how, how, how prayers are, are, are phrased, you know, that the, the students may do well in their exams. But you never want to say, may they get what they deserve because <laughs> that, that might not be good. Uh, but, you know, may, may they do well and may the Lord bless their efforts and so on and so forth. But anyway, um, and so, like, I think none of us, no, no, I, don't, um, I don't think there's any, I've never met anybody, anyway, who looks forward to exams, who looks forward to uh, even, like, the, the Friday spelling test or whatever it was, the Friday maths test. Uh, then there are bigger, there are bigger kind of tests, if you will, then, like, like a final or some sort of a... Uh, a sports event where your years and years and years of preparation, now you see if it was enough. Now you see if it was worth anything at all. You know, so all of this, all this preparation time, and especially you think of like those who train for Olympics, like you're training probably not for the four years beforehand, more than likely for eight years beforehand. And now you see if you match up at all. It's, it's uh, kind of a terrifying prospect. And yet... Without those kind of deadlines, without those kind of exams or, or, or tests, would we do anything at all? You know, would, would, we, would we study if we didn't actually have to pass an exam? Would we put in as much effort? Uh, even like this is kind of a, a problem with, with communism. Um, in the, in, ideally, it sounds fantastic. Everybody's treated the same and everyone gets paid the same and so on and so forth. Everyone is on the same level, even though in practice that never happens. But because everyone gets paid the same, you don't get paid any more if you work harder, you don't get paid any more if you work longer or better. So then why bother? And then generally the standard of things just drops. Uh, and then it's kind of under threat or, or uh, in, under coercion that people have to work better, but not because they, they choose to. Point being, uh, these kind of things like exams or tests or anything like that, they do actually motivate us, even, even though in and of themselves we don't like them. They're not, I would say, we, we, we wouldn't consider them good, but we know that effectively they do, they do work. Why are we saying all this? Um, Today's the Feast of the Triumph of the Cross. Now, it's whenever we talk about the cross, uh, it's, always, it's always so sensitive because you know you're talking about people's real lives, you're talking about people's real pain, real hurt, real loss, grief, uh, low self-esteem, depression. I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about the most sensitive issues because that's what, that's what the cross is. It's they're, they're these kind of in, inter, interior and sometimes exterior uh, sufferings that, that people carry. So when you talk about the cross, it's extremely sensitive. So you never want to be kind of blasé and say, oh, just offer it up and it'll all be great. I mean, yes, yes, we should offer up our crosses, but you never want to be too... Uh, you want to reverence the fact that people have suffered, that people are suffering. And people should, should feel, I suppose, respected or, or heard in, in their pain too, rather than told what to do with it. Uh, 
but Jesus, when he speaks, he speaks in, in our, our gospel today about this serpent being raised up. And they said the Son of Man has to be raised up like the serpent in the desert. And the serpent, when you think of serpents in biblical terms, like the serpent, the age-old serpent is the devil. Right? The serpent from Genesis is the devil. And so how are these people in the desert saved? Well, the Lord asked Moses to fashion a bronze serpent. A serpent. And then he who, or he or she, they, who look upon the cross, they're saved. By looking at a serpent, by looking at the same creature that was the cause of, of their downfall in the first place. Why? Why a serpent? Why not fashion a lamb? Why not fashion a dove? Why a serpent? You say, this, this, doesn't sound, this doesn't sound right at all. Why is that? Because when they're looking at the cross, they're looking at something on its own, something bad. The cross on its own is, is, is bad. The cross on its own is like a modern-day electric chair. It's a place of, of death. It's a place of punishment. It's a place of where criminals went. It's a place of uh, separation from God, even in, in Jewish understanding. Those who were crucified were, had been abandoned by God, so they must have been awful, was, was their understanding. So the cross on its own, the cross on its own is, is bad. It's evil, <laughs> The cross on its own is suffering and it's pain and it's death. And none of those things are good. None of those things are wanted by God. None of those things were created by God. Like this is, So the cross on its own is a bad thing. It's, it's a serpent, right? The cross on its own is a bad thing. So what is it then that, that makes it triumphant? Or it makes it so that we should exalt uh, the, the cross? Well, it's It's love. It's love that transforms the cross into glory. It's love that transforms the cross into something good. So it's love that takes something which is in and of itself bad and evil and wrong and painful and, and, and not, not willed by God. All these things that are a consequence of the fall. All these things that can, that can be taken and then transformed by love into glory. And that's how the Lord then is victorious. Because even despite all the sin and hurt and pain and death, that rather than just having to kind of be cancelled and pushed away, that's transformed by love into glory. So then even the fall, even pain and suffering can help us get to heaven, can help us humble our hearts and, and open ourselves to God's grace. So even the cross, which is in and of itself, as I say, like painful and, 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 and wrong, even that can end up serving God through love. And then this is this is this is a daily uh, struggle, and this is a a daily fight. Like, you know, when when people are in relationships that are that are hurtful or abusive, or when people are uh, living with, with with those with addictions, when people are, are struggling to have a child or or struggling to stay pregnant after they get pregnant, and just all of these like real real issues that people are are are, are carrying every day. People with terminal illnesses, people struggling with uh, cancer or Addiction, or just constant fear because they can't trust the person they're married to, and just all of these these real life painful situations, on their own, it's just it's so ugly. On its own, it's it's so far from God. On its own, it's just it's, it's bleak. So, it's 
it's our love then that allows us to transform those experiences into something good. Because without that, this life really is, is quite, quite miserable at times. So, in order for, for the love, in order for the cross to be glorious, in order for the cross to be triumphant, we need to learn to love. We must learn to love. Uh, if we do, then, yeah, the, 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 our cross can be triumphant. The Lord's cross is triumphant because he loved perfectly on it. Loved perfectly through it and proved his love by dying on the cross. For a man, he'd have no greater love than to lay down his life for his friends, as Jesus says. And as we heard in our gospel, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So he gave him not just to say hello, but gave him to the cross. So that he who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God sent his son to the world, not to condemn the world, but so that through him the world would be saved. And this is done not just through the cross. I mean, we say it's through the cross, but it's not just through the cross. It's through the cross carried with love. The cross on its own is death. The cross carried with love is triumphant. And this, this is the, the great paradox or the, the, the great kind of Christian mystery that in our loneliness, pain, suffering, loss, that that, that doesn't have the last word, but that love does. And then when we manage through the grace of God to love through our crosses, to love despite our crosses, to love in our crosses, and even to love our crosses, then we're ready for heaven. Then we've been transformed into love. Then, Then we're ready to share God's divine nature. And there's unfortunately nothing that will teach us to love more than the cross. I'd love, I think I would love to tell you there's another way. I'm, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but as, as far as I can see, there really is nothing that teaches us to love like the cross. So we ask the good Lord to fill us, to take away any fear of the cross, to take away any fear of suffering, to take away any fear of the future, to take away any fear of relationships or pregnancy or or sickness or the death of those we love or our own death or our own uh, fragility in old age, whatever it may be, whatever we're afraid of, whatever kind of cross that we that we pull back from, that the Lord will remove all of that fear and replace that fear with love. That whatever comes our way, Lord, that we might carry it out of love for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him might not perish but might have eternal life.